Welcome to Boy Problems Podcast, hosted by three friends who were brought together by their heroin-addicted partners. We became each other's biggest support through some of life's toughest times. We're not licensed professionals, and nothing in this conversation is professional advice. But we hope our stories offer a glimpse into how these issues weave into our everyday lives. You're not alone. We can all get through it together. Oh, welcome to Boy Problems Podcast. Today we are going to talk about um, the risky situations that our loved ones have put us in throughout their addictions and talk about how we may cope with those and, and protect ourselves from um, some of those potential hazards <laughs> of being in um, a relationship with someone recovering or an active addiction. So who wants to get us started? Yeah, yeah. So I, um, I feel like I was in like a lot of the <laughs> situations like as I was reflecting over this topic it was like oh man there's a lot of bad stuff that happened yeah I think you probably have the most for sure yeah yeah Yeah. fun stuff and what I think is interesting is that you know I think later on we find out some of the risky situations that we were in that maybe we didn't even know and I feel like that Elise is like what happened to you sometimes um yeah for so many years Steve was using and you didn't know about it and so like that put you in situations that at the time you might not even realize were right. so risky. Yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So what were some of them that came to um, mind? You know, when I was first thinking about this, like um like the first thing that came to my mind is he had gotten in his like, I don't know, third car accident and um I went to the um, the impound yard because the cops took his car and I was cleaning it out because he didn't have a car. So I had to go get it. And I found like this pawn slip in the car and I was like, what? And so I called him. Oh, that's a lie. No, he called me and said, you got to go to the impound lot and get a pawn slip. And I was like, pawn? Like, what? I don't even know how, like, pawn shops work at that point. So I had to drive all the way to this impound lot. I found this pawn, you know, slip. And I went to the pawn shop, which was in a very, very bad part of town. And I had to pick up. So um, his dad uh, has passed away. And unfortunately, he has nothing of his dad's. they just got rid of it all so he one of the only things he has of his dad so he he has a necklace of his dad's and he has one grateful dead t-shirt and he had pawned this um necklace of his dad's and I was like oh my god so I get there and I'm like really nervous and you know I drive up in my Prius in this really bad part of town (laughs) (laughs) I'm like here I give it to this lady and I just thought they were going to give it back to me I, I didn't know how it worked and so she was like well I need money and so I hand her my debit card and she was like no we only take cash and at that point Steve had been taking all the money and so I somehow scrapped up I don't know I think like the 80 bucks or something that that it was and she didn't bring me the necklace like it was some ring like they had lost it or misplaced it in whatever and I was like listen lady I was like this is the only thing he has of his dad's 
anyway, so long story short, I, I got the necklace and, you know, I've kept it hidden just so he couldn't pawn it again. Cause it's like the only thing he has of his dad's. And I just know how special those things are, but it just kind of was very like, that was in the very beginning of, of this, like what's going on. Something's up. Like if you pawn one of the only two things that you have of your dead parents, I just think I was like, that is a big deal. Like something yeah, must be pretty desperate at that yeah. point. Yeah, because I had shut all the money down. Why did he point. have you go to the pawn shop? He was either at work. He was either at work or in jail. Oh. I don't because maybe he went to jail because 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 it was it related to. I mean, I had to go to the impound lot to go get the stuff out of the car. Right. Oh, got it. Yeah. Yeah, and oh god, that stuff takes forever. Anyway, so that was just like a. So then, like that was like the first thing that came to my mind, just because it was in like a really bad part of town, and like it was it was just weird right like it it puts you somewhere that you wouldn't have been going just on your own and right who knows Mm -hmm. what could have happened right Um, I feel like remind me of you you telling us a story one time about like you actually confronting a drug dealer or (laughs) someone on the phone (laughs) yeah so he had so this was at the point in our journey where I was you know I worked eight to four at that point but he gets off work at two and so I was leaving work at two every day well we both work in the same town and so I would leave work be outside parked next to his car and um would be sitting there to like follow him home or whatever and he would like ditch me on the interstate and it it was like a whole thing and but this time he like came out and he he said okay I have a problem with heroin I owe my dealer money and I have to give it to him today or something bad's gonna happen I was like okay (laughs) fine and so we went through this like he called the dealer I was like I don't believe you I'm not gonna give you a hundred bucks like I don't I don't think that this is real and so he called the dealer he put the dealer on speakerphone and I was in the car and he was like like his name was what was this guy's name Ricky I think it was Ricky and he was like hey Ricky like my wife's on the phone like she doesn't think I owe you the money like we're gonna come together and give you the cash yeah and he was like if you bring your fucking wife here i'm gonna kill her and i was like oh you know fuck you or something like that and 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 then we hung up and and steve was like honestly he was like you have to so we went and got the money and we had separate cars and so i drove we drove to this terrible part of town again and he was like look he was like they have lookout guys on every effing corner so you need to park over here at this abandoned uh, grocery store and I'm going to drive here. And it's because if they see a white girl driving down these streets, they're going to know you're with me. Cause I wanted to just like drive so I could see him so he could go to his house and whatever, but he didn't let me. And then I gave him the money. He got back and we, I like, patted him down so that he didn't have any drugs because he said he wouldn't get any unfortunately he did get drugs and we ended up in the ER that night because he took the drugs um wow but yeah that that was that drug dealer situation (laughs) and then there was another drug dealer situation where 
he had broke, Steve had broken his foot and he was like, I need to go give this guy a ride. And I'm like, well, your foot's broken. Why are you giving this guy a ride to work? So I was like, that's fine. I took today off anyway. So I went and I drove, which um, unfortunately it's where the SLP is. If you know, you guys know where that is. Like Mm -hmm. his, another drug dealer lived in the SLP complex. Mm. So anyway, so we drove there and I met this guy and he was like, Hey man, like, I just thought I'd help you. You know, do you have those jumper cables that I gave you last time? And I was like being real nice to the guy. And I even got him in my car and like drove him to like red lobster where he said he was working. And I just kept asking him a bunch of questions like in the car. And he was this younger guy. I don't know. And then later on, Steve was like, I can't believe you did that. You're ridiculous. You made me feel like an asshole. And, um, and then (laughs) since he's told me like, yeah, I was trying to get drugs and he like had to give me his jumper cables. It was just like a really weird situation. Oh my gosh. So scary. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So how did you, so like when you say later on, he told you like, was that, are we talking like years later on where he's like, Oh, by the way, or did you find out right after? And like, what's your reaction when you find out the situation you were in? Yeah, it was kind of, you know, at the beginning, I just felt very numb to all of it. And so when I realized that he had a drug problem and whatever, I was like, Hey, when we went and got jumper cables from that guy, he was one of your dealers. Right. And he was like, yeah, I was like, I often knew it. Mm. so it was like more of like where you're starting to piece it together and right yeah right because you're not supposed to be out driving and he would go out on a broken foot like his right foot and drive this guy to work Mm. (laughs) like that doesn't make sense wow yeah talking to jake last night about you know this topic and i was like trying to think of some situations and i was like are there any that you know, like that come to mind for you. And he was like, well, there was that one time um, when we were at the bar when I was still in college and an old dealer showed up and I was like, wait, what are you talking about? And I have no recollection of this. So I feel, so it was like one of those things where I feel like at the time I did not realize what the situation was. I also think that Jake probably wasn't super upfront about the situation because if I had known I think that's something that would stick in my mind but he said that um, there was this guy from years before when like Jake was selling weed he had um, like never paid him for some stuff and then he so he owed him like thousands of dollars and sort of just went off and stick uh kind of like hit out or i don't know what the deal was but this guy at one point had like broken into jake's house and like stolen a bunch of stuff to kind of like get revenge and this was before we were together um and so then fast forward a few years to when we're at this bar jake said he saw the guy walk in and was just like oh shit like i cannot let this guy see me i don't know what would happen um So he says that he came to me and was like, hey, Liz, like, I need to leave. Like, there's this guy I've got some shit with. Like, it won't be good if we're in the same situation. And he said he remembers me being kind of like 
annoyed that he was like leaving. And so I'm like, well, I feel like if I had known what the situation was, I don't know if I would be annoyed. So like, it's one of those things where I'm like, I don't think he told me really like what was going on. Mm -hmm. And so now years later, I'm like, oh, that could have turned out really bad. Like I could have ended up in the middle of a situation. Like luckily I didn't, but it's just weird to like think about how things could have gone. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Yeah. And just like, I know dealers have come to my home. Oh, that is something that I'm like afraid of, of what if they like, Jake has always been like, Oh, I don't give out my address. I've never had anyone come to my house. I always go to them, but I'm like, what if at some point someone were to like follow you or Mm -hmm. like look shit up and then come to our house? That has been a fear of mine, but how did you know they came to your house? Yeah. So Jake, a couple, so Jake, (laughs) my husband's name is Steve. (laughs) So Steve, uh, one time he got in another car accident and it was outside of the (laughs) Catholic church. Um, And I rushed and I met him there and he decided to get a ride from somebody else. Like we had this whole scene in front of this church. And again, this turned into like kind of me chasing him on the interstate. Anyway, that car drove him to a drug house and then dropped him off. And then the drug person dropped him off. Now he says that they, he, they, he dropped him off like a couple houses down from our house, but I'm like, well, that's, I don't know. So I I know close for comfort. Right. Yeah. So I'm not, Um, something you've said now a couple of times that is actually kind of risky is when you've said like you were chasing him oh yeah (laughs) on the highway oh yeah and like and that's something I wouldn't say that I have chased Jake but there have been a few times that I've like followed him and then like partway through following him like the realization will hit like what if he ends up going somewhere that I shouldn't be going and like what am I going to do then Mm -hmm. like so what is what was it like for you when you were following steve and like you know did you feel like you were in a dangerous situation if you're like chasing him on the highway no because he always i mean i drive a green prius and so like (laughs) one i don't go that fast and he always saw me or he knew i was following him and so he would typically ditch me like he would Mm. just get off on an inner like get off the interstate and then go wherever Did you ever think, like, what were you, like, as you were following him, what was your plan for where he ended up? Like, what were you going to do? Like, I don't know, beat his ass up. Like, (laughs) I I have no idea. Like, I was just, like, always enraged. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. But then when he would come home, I wouldn't do anything. (laughs) That doesn't make sense. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I should have been, like, like, pissed and yelling. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I know, remember like this summer when like Jake had left, but we were still talking and he was like coming over a, a few times and he was staying at his friends. And there was one time he was like, all right, I'm going to go back to my friend's house. And he left and I just like had this urge to be like, well, I wonder if he really is doing the, these things. And so I like I got in my car and I like started following him. And partway through, I'm like 
I am crazy. What <laughs> am I doing right now? But then it was like, I just had to know where he was going. And I, you know, and then it's like going through my mind, like, well, what if he is going to go get drugs now? Like, what am I going to do? Am I going to jump out of the car and try and stop the drug deal? Am I like, uh, I don't know. I don't know. But you're just like such in that mode of like, I felt like I just have to know what's going on and figure out the truth. And luckily, like he did just drive to his friend's house and like parked the car. And then it was, I remember feeling like, relieved like okay he said he's going where he he went where he said he was going but you know that didn't actually it was a false sense of security because it didn't mean that he wasn't lying about other things it just so happened that at at that time he told the truth Mm -hmm. then I like drove home and you know feel a little like shame of I'm doing this detective thing again of like following him places and like putting myself in a situation that you know, could turn out to be dangerous. Like what, what am I thinking? Yeah. 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 I think like someone else, um, like Steve always like carried his suboxone on him. And so I think Mm. something that was uh, nerve wracking for me one time was um, we were at a children's birthday party. It was a four-year-old's birthday party and we were walking around and we were in like a, it's a museum and I turn around or we're walking and I'm like, whoa, like there's a packet of Suboxone on the floor. Oh. And, I, and then I picked it up and I was like, oh my gosh, like, can you believe somebody? And it had turned out that Steve's had fallen out of his pocket at this children's place. And I was like, oh my God, like what if somebody would have seen it? What if a child would have tried to open it and take it? Like that was, that was sad. Yeah. Yeah. So I can't remember, was he... Was Steve on Suboxone when your, like, first child was born? Yes. What did you do about, like, keeping it in the house? Like, do you have it locked up or? Yeah, I put it in the safe. Gotcha. And then at a point, I was just like, no, you're a grown man. Like, you can take it on your own. And if he was going to abuse it, he was going to abuse it. But, like, he had to take charge of it. Yeah. Yeah. But he did keep it up where my first kid couldn't get it right there would be concern in that for sure right um kind of along the similar lines um but with like paraphernalia um you know just the risk of like having things in our houses even when it's unknown to us mm-hmm. right but, um you know i shared the last couple of weeks that jake is staying here um during this time and like it's been going pretty well I think it helps that, you know, we're like quarantined here. So mm-hmm. that makes it me feel a little less anxious. But um, last weekend, he was down in the basement, like playing music. And all of a sudden, he like came running upstairs and was like, Liz, uh, I need you to do me a favor. And I was like, oh, what? And he said, I uh, just found some paraphernalia and I need you to get rid of it for me. And I was like, oh, fuck. And like it was just so freaky for me to know like that that was in the house it wasn't actual drugs it was syringes and a spoon um that he had hidden like behind his amp like a music gear and it was like in the inside back and so when he had gone to like flip it on turn it on he saw it um and so I had never found that stuff even though I had cleaned the basement like I didn't look in his 
gear, which now I've made a mental note of like, that is a place to check for things. Like I had all my other like places to check based on historical uh, experiences, but now I will add that. And so um, we put the syringes like in a glasses case and he was like, just take them out of the house, get rid of them somewhere. Like, I just, I can't know. And I don't want them to be here. And he was like immediately on the phone with his sponsor and other people. Like he was super freaked out about it. So then I'm like wandering around the street, trying to find a a dumpster to throw them in or, (laughs) and like find a place where I'm like, okay. (laughs) And also the thought going through my head, like, hopefully you won't try to leave the house and check the dumpsters to get these back. Like these are the types of thoughts that you start to have. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, sitting there walking and then I realized oh my god Liz like you have syringes in your possession like (laughs) you could get arrested for this or charged with it like for paraphernalia so then I was like fuck just hurry and get rid of it now (laughs) Mm -hmm. but then a part of me feels bad about disposing of syringes because I'm like yeah like luckily they were in a closed container but yeah that was a moment where I felt like I can't believe this is happening. Yeah. Yeah. What about like a like a impaired driving? Like have either of you been in a car with your partner where you now look back and they were messed up? Um, I would so. assume so. Honestly, a lot of the times I think I ended up driving more so if anything I probably put myself in that situation like probably where it'd be something like he got too drunk or something and then I'd be like well I'll just drive us home and maybe I shouldn't have been driving even oh Mm. that's interesting I feel so like um like Charlie's usage has been so separate from me does that make Mm. sense like he's always kind of done it like on his own and then I find out about it I don't I haven't like been exposed to like a lot of these situations like a lot of times it's been like this is what happened and this is what I'm doing or like I'll I'll ask him when he comes home because he like used before he got home and I find out like that so I'm having a hard time thinking of something where like I have been exposed to this have you ever found drugs or paraphernalia at your house? No. Um, there was one point, like, before he went, right when he went to treatment, like, his car, we cleaned his car out and found stuff. Like, his car had gotten impounded, and we had to, like, clean it out <laughs> so that mm-hmm. we could drive it. Um, that was, like, that was at the pound. So that, that, but... No, I haven't just, like, found it at my house or anything. He usually, like, would do it outside of the house. Like, I don't think, aside from the times when, like, I've found, like, the last couple of times when he's used in our bathroom. Yeah. um, I haven't, like, just found something around, if that makes sense. Like, yeah. So when he, when you found him, like, using in the bathroom, Mm -hmm. like, what, what did you do with the stuff? Like, did he just take care of it? Or is that, like, something that... I just threw it away. I mean, like, um, he... The last time, he was... He went to the ER, and I just threw it away. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, that was, like, I think that's one of the only times I've 
had to dispose of anything. Yeah. Um, Do you uh, ever worry about, like, either of you guys ever worry about, like, um, sexually transmitted diseases or, like, other diseases? Like, either our partners, like, contracting them and then, like, passing it on to us or from, like, using needles and things? I think I used to when I didn't really understand. Um, yeah, at the beginning, it was definitely one of my concerns, but um, he hasn't really, I mean, he's used needles like once in the last couple of years. So, um, and he like also takes like testosterone and stuff. So we have like, we have syringes in our house. So there are, he's not like borrowing them or using them yeah. from anyone else. So I haven't really worried about that. It's something that always freaks me out, even though like Jake's always like, no, like I only use by myself. Like I only have used clean needles. Like that would not be a thing that happens. And I'm always like, but how do you know? How do you know that like Mm -hmm. there's not one time that you're fucked up and you don't remember what you did Mm -hmm. or and so literally like every time that he I found out that he's like gone out and used like I always go back to the doctor and get tests run because I'm just like I don't know I just have to know <sighs> luckily yeah. it's always been fine but yeah I mean it, it's a risk and it makes sense yeah I, I like I would like to think that he is you know using in the most safe way possible which is doesn't like sounds uh like a what is that word oxymoron is that what yes <laughs> it was like an oxymoron because there's nothing safe about it but mm-hmm. um i don't know i guess i can't i just can't trust that that really is always the case mm-hmm. yeah no that's true yeah i made steve get a a oh, sex test because i like he had been doing all this stuff behind my back so it's like i had no idea like okay what and again he said that he didn't you know want to be with anybody but you know if they're so messed up you're right like you don't know what they really do right yeah yeah that's 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 interesting and because unfortunately we've heard stories of people who have been cheated on when their (laughs) partner was using so right yeah you just don't know Mm -hmm. What now? I know we've kind of talked about this before, and like I think Charlie was always like really nice when he was high. Well, mm-hmm. I won't say always, but um, and Jake was still kind of goofy, but like Steve was always really, really, really mean. And so I think some of the like he was never physical towards me, but he would yell at me all the time. I mean, it was definitely verbal abuse, and mm-hmm. he would do that like flinching thing. Mm. Um, and so that like was where always... felt like he was going to like acting like he was going to like do something he... physical or like yeah, intimidating, like, more intimidating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's something that we've talked about because I, I don't even know, like I didn't, I've shared before that I videotaped him a lot and yeah. I didn't remember how mean he was until I took those videos, which is why I took the videos. And so uh, you know, I think in my mind before kind of all this happened, it was like, oh, you know, why would a woman or anybody stay in a physically abusive situation? And now I definitely don't think that like you just 
until you're in that kind of situation like why didn't I leave with all that stuff that he was doing and so I think I can understand more why you don't leave but yeah he was a so like the the threat of physical harm I don't think he would ever hit me but he was definitely messed up where he could have for sure yeah I don't think that like that's not really something for me but I know from our support group that there are people in our group who have had like you know their loved one does get really like angry or violent when they're using and so that's a huge risk Mm -hmm. yeah for sure yeah 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 that definitely is not fun and I mean I guess am I the only one who had like money issues too right like Mm -hmm. just like taking all the money and that could just put me in (laughs) a very terrible financial situation yeah for sure um I think well like our finances are separate but they're like currently I'm I guess sort of taking a risk in the fact that um, I was helping pay for Jake's recovery house, um, like his weekly like rent there. And we we agreed that his tax check that is um, coming would then just go directly to me. Um, but obviously there's a risk in that. Like what if he ended up just getting the money and running or mm-hmm. like doesn't get money back? Um, so, yeah, I mean, it it's a financial risk or like times before um, when he first went into treatment and I didn't know like why he was constantly out of money. And it was like, I was paying for things um, because I thought that I was like being helpful. uh, Didn't know that I was helping his drug habit. Um, You know, so like, luckily I'm in a okay financial spot, but it, that doesn't help so there's well he doesn't have a job right now right right? yeah yep so yeah you're taking a big leap uh which is because of obviously coronavirus and things that's not necessarily related to his addiction but um that's just a risk to you like you're taking on two people now on your income yeah yep Yeah, I think, I mean, for me, just even, I think for all of us, it's like just being with someone through their recovery is a risk in itself. It's like, you don't really know what's going to happen or if, how long it'll last or you just don't know anything. (laughs) Like, so just like staying with someone and being in this relationship is a risk in and of itself, especially like once, you know, like when we bought our house, like there was a risk there, like, okay, this could go wrong or something. I might get stuck having to do this on my own, you know, having kids and things like that. I think every time you introduce something new, there's always a risk that it might not work out. Right. Yeah. So there's always, I think there's always some level of, I mean, there's obviously like the danger, the dangerous stuff of, actual active addiction but even in recovery there's there are risky situations and that like you just don't you don't know what's going to happen and there's always a chance that they could use again or they could go back to what they were doing so I think about that a lot I was talking to a girlfriend last night and um she brought up something like if 
something effective. If I had known, okay, fine. I'm just gonna use you, Alex. So mm-hmm. you know, Charlie is an addict. Mm-hmm. You are now having Charlie's baby. Mm-hmm. Now you've put your child at risk for being an addict. How could you make that decision? Well, I he already is it's in my family too. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I don't. Yeah. I don't know if I like. I think everyone has that. I mean, it's the same as like, well, he's at risk for, you know, anxiety, depression, other things that run in my family, high blood pressure. I think at that part, Heart it's disease, like, diabetes. Right. Yeah. 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 I think yeah. the bigger thing with kids is that you don't like, like I was saying, like if, what if it's the danger that they could be in if he relapses? Yeah. Like, that's, that's the risk to me. It's less about, and anyone can become an addict if it's in your family or not. But it's yeah. more like, what is the, like, it's the more likely thing, which is what if he relapses and he goes and picks up the kid, like after he used at work and, mm. uh, you know, it's like those things I think are more risky when we talk about our kid to me, at least. Yeah. Or like at least you mentioned one time, you know, being worried about your daughter finding your husband like OD'd or something mm-hmm. right like, yeah yeah if... yeah that's a that's scary yeah that's yes. that's more scary to me than my kid becoming an addict because I think anyone can <laughs> you know it's like if anything yeah. hopefully it's less likely because he'll see his, his family like dealing with it in a positive way and not like you know, the way I kind of grew up with my dad being kind of like a dry drunk and I didn't know what was going on. And like, there was no real transparency around it. Right. That's something I always remember in our group. Like there's, we have a person who's in long-term recovery, like 30 plus years. And he said something like that was always reassuring that, he knew. yes, there was a chance his kids could grow up to be addicts, but he always felt like you know, at least they know the resources that are out there to help. And they've like seen what he's done for his recovery. And like, and so at least if they started going down that path, they would know like where they could reach out for help and know that it is Mm -hmm. possible. And like, that always gave me a little like peace of mind. Yeah. Yeah. I think what's interesting. So when we talked with Darlene and Randy, you know, they were both up front with their kids and unfortunately they believe that their son is an alcoholic Mm -hmm. and, you know, with Steve. So, you know, it runs in Steve's family. And so his mom apparently talked to them a lot about alcoholism runs in your family and blah, 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 but never kind of went into, because alcoholism all runs in their family, but she never saw it like the drug part and so steve only thought alcohol he didn't he really like connect um drugs Mm -hmm. which i think is interesting yeah that he yeah like but yeah i mean even if parents talk about it like that makes me nervous like even if parents talk about it yeah like your kids could still i mean your kids could like do anything you know yeah yeah Like, I feel like that's how it is for everything in life, though. Yeah. Like, you know, you tell your kids, like, you have to wear your helmet on your bike because, right. you know, if you fall and hit your head, you're going to get hurt. But, like, 
kids think they're invincible and that things aren't going <laughs> to happen to them. So right. like you can't protect them from everything. I think it's just like what sort of things can we set up to try and like, help them as much as possible or, yeah. you know, like, so the things that we can control, like, you know, putting Steve Suboxone in a safe to keep your kids out of it yeah. that way, or like making sure your daughter does know how to call 911 if she were to find him or right. like, those precautions that we've talked about but yeah the world is just you know the unknowns and it's risky everywhere ours is a different kind of risk i guess yeah 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 should you know before we wrap up should we do any type of check-in i don't know if we've all kind of have any other things going on i don't life is pretty boring (laughs) just preparing for that baby just sitting here waiting to have a baby that's it feels like one long day like we (laughs) we joke all the time about how it's like we don't even know what day it is it just feels like it's been one long really long day (laughs) yeah since we've kind of been home together in the last three weeks or so what about you alex i mean you had jake move in how are oh, things going with you guys? Liz. Liz. Oh yeah. my gosh. You're switching everybody's names up today. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, so so it's been about two weeks now and things are are going well. Like I mentioned this earlier, I think it makes a big difference the fact that like we're not coming and going. So I'm literally like around him all the time. Um and I already mentioned like our big Thing that we had with finding the par- the paraphernalia like that freaked us both out um but i was encouraged by the way he handled it and like how he was so freaked out himself and was like oh my god like he was like it's just crazy how powerful that is of, like the thoughts that just like came pouring into my head where he was like he immediately went to like well i got a vivitrol shot so heroin's out but maybe i could get coke or x y and z and he was like, that really freaked him out. And so the rest of the night, he was literally on the phone with multiple people, like talking through it, um, which he was like, you know, in the past, I think I might have just like not said anything to anyone. Like maybe I would have got rid of it or maybe said something to you and like not talked about it. And then those thoughts would have just been like festering in my head. Um, so it was encouraging to me to like see him doing like what I think is the right thing of talking to people and, you know, practicing all of those tools that they are given and told to use. Um, And throughout like the week, he's been doing a variety of like zoom meetings and, you know, talking to people and we've been like going on like daily walks together. So it's been nice to just have the time to connect. Um, So, yeah. I'm just trying to stay in each day and we'll see what happens. <laughs> but yeah. Like overall. how about the relationship portion? What do you mean by that? Like, are you like, how are you feeling about like a future relationship with him? Or are you just trying to stay in the day? Like today's. Uh, well, so I guess it's weird. Cause I, like I would say we're like in a relationship. Are you meaning like future relationship as in like, what does it mean for marriage and things? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that is where I'm trying not 
to tie this into like where I was concerned was like, okay, he's going to move back and we're means we're going to get married and everything. Um, Cause I know that that's what I want. And so that is something that we're going to have to like discuss more. Um, but then it also feels kind of like weird to be talking about like, Oh, are we getting married when he's 70 days clean? So right. it's like, I don't know, but I have, um, I have counseling tomorrow. So it might be something that will come up. Yeah. So I don't really have an answer. Yeah. Other than like I'm enjoying spending the time together and like I like having him here. And yeah. I hope that it can continue. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and that's all we can cool. do. Take it one day at a time. Right. Yeah. yeah. I don't think I really have a check in other than, you know, Steve, it just seems grumpier. <laughs> Does he? Yeah. I, I thought that might happen because I know you've said in the past, like when he doesn't get to like actually go to his meetings, he tends to get grumpy. But... Yeah, just more stressed out, which I understand. Like if you're not, you know, we're not doing anything other than, you know, we're just in this like, you know, with the two kids, you know, it's just, you know, they take a lot of energy. And so, yeah. you know, well, he's, and they're he's just talking to his people and going to the Zoom meetings, but. And there's just, just so much different. uncertainty in the world, like for everybody and like not knowing when it's going to end. I think that can be hard. So I think yeah. a lot of people are going through phases of being grumpy or scared or I don't know. Yeah. yeah. But overall, everything's good over here. That's good. Yeah. You figuring out your working from home and child care and everything <laughs> all at once. Yes. That's a lot I'm, on you. Yeah. I'm trying to work through all that. I'm glad my work is flexible with me, which is really nice. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Cool. Well, does anybody have anything else to add or anything? No, I don't think so. Cool. All right. Well, Thank you for tuning in to Boy Problems Podcast. Uh, If you have any questions for us or want to reach out, please let us know and keep coming back. Thanks for tuning in to Boy Problems Podcast. If you enjoyed today's discussion, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to this episode. Find us on social media, and if you have questions or ideas for topics, email us at hello at boyproblemspod.com.